With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 63, and I'm still not over yesterday. What happened, what took place yesterday. The, the venom in which you presented yourself with and took it out on me just out of a few. What do you mean? Few what do you little, mean? Nothing. Nothing. Like, you know, you know what? We had You're starting a, off like we, that. We had a conversation off, off the air. Didn't know if it was going to hit the pot or not. And then all of a sudden you're in mid thought, you know, and, and you just, you go and you're like, we completely disagree on Don Granado and you're too hard on Granado and all this. And you got me turned into like a, you know, like it, like I'm blaming the coach nonstop and it like, it's just. Well, I don't understand why you're trying to retract that because that's exactly what you said. You're like Don Granado, cheap cheap experiment. That was number one. Number two, you just said, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to be, can get these guys going. And I'm like, Don Granado is the least of our worries here right now. The least. I think he's done a real nice job. He just needs, he needs more soldiers. He needs different pieces. Well, I'll tell you what the what the what our worries are here in a few minutes. But Carlo Koliakovo, did you see he's been active on Twitter today? No. Yeah, I sent him a couple voice texts. Whatever those voice memos are that you can send to people where you hold that thing down on the side and you can speak into it and they get it and they can keep it or get rid of it. But he messaged me back. But he wrote to me this morning because, you know, the Leafs scored last night. I don't know if you saw Matthews had a hat trick, you know, what is it? 41, 42, 43. Can you shut your fucking phone off, please? My God, are you unprofessional? Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Just shut the phone off. So Carlo tweets to me this morning. He says, hey. And he connects my t- my Twitter. He connects the show Twitter after the whistle. And then he, he says, should the Leafs forever still trade Austin Matthews? Because I, I went on his show up there in uh, Toronto. Uh, it's called First Up. And um, I went on. It was early in the year. And I, you, know, like, you know me. I just like to ruffle the feathers. And he's got his new partner there, his new uh, host, Aaron Korolnik, I think is how you pronounce his name. Okay. So anyway, so I went on up there and I was like, it was early in the year. And I said, look, when, when, when the Leafs go down in the first round this year, I said, they should trade Austin Matthews. Now, do I really think they're going to trade or should trade Austin Matthews? I don't know, but I mean, I can say whatever I want. And I, I said it to kind of ruffle feathers. Well, the two of them attacked me after I got off the air, right? And so anyway, so Carlo and right, I, you, rightfully so. <laughs> you think this is the stupidest? It's the stupidest take ever. Okay, okay. it's just the stupid take. If you're going to trade anybody, it's probably going to be Willie Nylander, who's making what seven million dollars. Or of course it is. You're not going to be trading Austin Matthews. He's a top. He's a top 
five player in the National Hockey League. Do you know why I said trade Austin Matthews? Because you wanted to ruffle feathers. That's usually I wanted to ruffle do. feathers, and I love pissing off Leaf fans. Okay, I love it. I love Leaf fans. A lot of my friends are Leaf fans. So when I argue with a Leaf fan or I speak about the Leafs, I think about the reaction that my friends would give me, right? And and it should be that way. It should just be fun. But some people always feel like they have to. There's so much venom involved in in sports talk. It's it's crazy. But that's that's a conversation for another day. So, uh, so I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I think to myself, like, he, do you think he's going to be there after this contract? That's, that's where I, I sit on it. And I think to myself, do you think the Leafs are going to win? What does he have left in this deal? Three more years after this year? Do you think yeah. the Leafs, I'm going to look that up too. Do you think the Leafs are going to win in the next three years with Austin Matthews? That's my question. That's the and the the answer is look at or look around the league. I've said before I want to see the Leafs win. If there's a year that I want to see the Leafs win, it's this year because I want to see what the reaction would be like. I want to see. Yeah, he's got three more years. He's got two more years after this year, and yeah. that contract's over, and he's a UFA. Okay, so in the next two years, do you think the Leafs are going to win a Stanley Cup with the team that they have and the money they have tied up in four forwards and that defenseman Morgan Riley, right? And I well, think let me my- let me tell you this. I'll give you I'll give you really an honest opinion, and. Um, I'm not a hater of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they're actually quite exciting. I watched them last night and, uh, you know, Mitchie Marner scores the winner there and, and Austin Matthews scored three, two of them were absolute buttes. I mean, they're an exciting team to watch. I'm going to tell you, I really make it interesting every night. They're up three, one, then they're down four, three, and they win six, four. This is where people are not going to like what I have to say. Anybody in, 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 in leaf land, um, who thinks that, you know, Mitch Marner and, um, you know, Austin Matthews are going to take this team to the promised land. They are delusional. You can sit there and you can, you know, deal with the media and all the people that cover the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have some incredible pieces. Austin Matthews is world-class. Mitchie Marner's world-class. Neil Ander is, is a, is an incredible talent. I think Jonathan, uh, or, um, Tavares has, has fallen off. You watch him back check last night. He looked like he had a piano on his back, but he's still, he's still a fantastic player, but he's not the player that he was five years ago. My biggest thing for Toronto is I'm not going to sit here and blame their their goaltending, which has not been great. Okay, Morazic and Campbell have not been great. That being said, they do not have a good defense core. And I'm not saying they're not good. I'm saying, yes, I will. I'll take that back. They're not good. They're just not a good. They're they're not a good defense core when it comes to going into the playoffs and playing another team that is at the same level as you, okay? Toronto is going to run into every single year. They're going to have, they're going to live and die with basically 
three players on their offense because that's going to carry them. Your, your best players have to produce. But the teams that win the Stanley Cup have second, third, and fourth lines that are contributing on a nightly basis in all different all different styles. I just don't think that. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs in the next couple of years are going to lose in the first round. Let alone win a Stanley Cup. We're talking about winning a Stanley Cup. I believe that they don't have the ingredients on their team to, to get by the first round. That's going to sting a like, lot of that- people because that's that's where the listen, that's where the pressure falls on this team. I mean, these players are going to feel it too. When that first round comes around and you look at where they're placed in the division they're in, they're not going to get to the top spot probably. Yep. So they're going to be second or third in their division. They're going to play either Florida or Tampa in the first round. And that's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare for them. Complete nightmare. We saw Florida last night. I don't think I've seen a team that complete in the NHL. I mean, I don't want to put myself out there and say that I think they're more complete than Tampa's been in the last couple of years, but I don't know, man. Like They've got a pretty deep team. They've got a pretty balanced lineup. Top to bottom, goaltending. Their young goaltender is still really reliable and good. You put him in the net and you're like, oh, he's reliable. He's a reliable and good. He's only because Aaron Eckblad and Mackenzie Weger play a large part of the game and they are one of, or if not the best defense pairing in the national hockey league. Defending wise, they're exceptional. They're very, very good. And who does Toronto have? They don't have a they don't have a pair that's an elite defending pair. They don't even have a secondary defending pair. They are, you know, they just they're they're a really they're a great team for the regular season. You get to the playoffs, like you said, immediately they're going to be playing either Florida or Tampa Bay. That is not a good recipe for success. That is not a good recipe for success. I, I, I just, you know, like I said, Austin Matthews is doing incredible things in this league. He is, he is arguably the best goal scorer right now um, at his age. He's coming into his prime. He is, I watched him last night. He works hard. He works hard. He's in the corners. He's making plays. He's driving to the net. He's constantly moving. He is a force. Mitch Marner has had a wonderful season. He is, he is an incredible hockey player. He's an incredible hockey player. But I will say that you are going to be tested at a completely different level when you play in the playoffs. And I'm just not sure if you if you were to go into the playoffs right now and you had one player to one player to add to your team one player i want you to answer this for me are you taking austin matthews to go into the playoffs centerman 6 foot 3 225 pounds he scores an ungodly amount of goals he's incredible top 5 player in the national hockey league are you taking austin matthews can i guess the other player that you're going to mention nope because I want to drop the bomb. I want to drop the hammer. Where are you taking Alexander Barkov? I knew you were going to go Barkov. Who are you taking? 
Am I out of line to say that's a toss-up? Well, you know what? I mean, you know what's awesome about this is it's not a toss-up for me at all. I mean, not anywhere near a toss-up. This is not anywhere near a toss-up. I would take Alexander Barkov 100% of the time and not even look back. You want to know why? Because Alexander Barkov is one of the best defending centermen in the National Hockey League. And guess what? He's also producing points offensively, maybe not scoring the same amount of goals as Austin Matthews, but during his time in this league, he has to be considered one of the best two-way centers in the league. There are people throwing Matthews' name in for the Selkie Trophy. (laughs) Well, who's doing, like, okay, who's doing that? Okay, well, it's I, who's doing that, Andrew? Social media. Okay, who's stop? Because that's going to anger me. Okay, because <laughs> that's that's completely stupid shit. Okay, Austin Matthews is a very good hockey player. He scores incredible, incredible goals in this league. He is nowhere near a Selkie Trophy candidate. Okay, you don't please don't put him in that category. Okay, I won't put him in that category. But people are putting him in that category. Heart Trophy? Is he having a Heart Trophy season, Austin Matthews? Yeah, yeah he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. And I and I and I say that he he deserves uh he deserves serious serious consideration. He's he's a fantastic player. I mean, just a fantastic player. He is playing the best hockey and he He's played incredible hockey since he's come into this league. I mean, he has played incredible hockey since he's come into this league, and he is at he's at another level. He is moving and grooving. I watched him last night in that Kraken game, and I'm going to tell you, Kraken work hard. They're not the most skilled team in the league, but they work exceptionally hard. They're little junkyard dogs. They never they never quit. They never quit on anything. A back check, a forecheck, a battle in a corner. And I'll tell you this, Austin Matthews is a special hockey player. He is he is really, truly an incredible hockey player. Under the definition, though, before we move on here, who fits that description? Most valuable player to his team in the league. Who do you think fits that description? Is Austin Matthews the most valuable player to his team in the entire NHL? Mm. Well. Like, is Jonathan Huberto more important to the Florida Panthers than Austin Matthews is no, to... No, he's Brown. not. Okay. I, and I love Jonathan Huberto. And Jonathan, Jonathan Huberto is having a season. He's got to be upwards of... He's got to be around 75 to 80 points. I You'd have to look him up for me, Petey. But um, Jonathan Huberto has had an... an he just had a 60, uh, 60 assists last night. He's the first player in he's the league. 78 points. 70, 78 points. He had he has sixty assists right now. It is mind boggling. Um, I don't believe that if Jonathan Huberto was taken off that team, even though I mean he's world class, I still think that that the success of the Florida Panthers are not driven with just one or two players like Toronto is. Toronto, if you took off Mitch Marner and 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 Austin Matthews. 
I think would struggle a hundred times more if you were to take Barkoff and Huberto away from Florida. I think Florida is a deeper hockey team. I really do believe that. Um, but I mean, MVP Austin Matthews has to be there. I would not put I would not put um, Huberto in that mix. Um, Washington. I'm just kind of going through the teams here and, and and thinking. Hard to rule out Ovi. When we're talking about most valuable yeah. player to his team, not leading scorer of the league, because that's mm-hmm. not the definition. That's the Art Ross. It's not the MVP or um, you know voted on by the players. We're talking about the Hart Trophy, which which is most valuable player to, to his your team. team. And there's a big Not, difference between most valuable player in the league, which would be probably Connor McDavid year after year. But if you want to go by the actual wording of it, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to not include Johnny Goudreau in that conversation, who has 74 well, What points. about Igor Sesterkin? I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of discussion. And, and listen, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say that I've watched, I've probably watched like two games all year, the Rangers. I have not watched them, uh, even though they've they've played exceptionally well this year. They really, really done well. Um, Igor Sturkin is is the talk of the town on uh, in the in the goaltending category. He is playing world class, world class hockey. He is, um, you know, Elliot on Monday. If you remember this, he was saying Igor Igor Sturkin in the playoffs this year possibly can win games on his own and when you have when you're talking about that type of goaltending you your team elevates to another level and that's why i i go back to toronto maple Leafs right now there's a lot of talk that there's there's some concern with their goaltending i i know dubis is sitting back and he's saying listen we're not concerned with our goaltending we're going to be fine and I, and I do believe that because I think that Campbell and I, and I do believe that uh, Mrazek are, are, are very solid, okay? But when you're talking about a goaltender that can win you games, that is a sign that he's a game changer. And there has numbers been... numbers are absolutely ridiculous. Insane. Like... He's got a nine four two save percentage, and he's got a uh, a one a one nine three goals against average. Yep. You know, I mean, his, his record. He's started thirty six games. He's started. He's played in thirty seven. He started thirty six. Twenty eight and six. Three overtime losses. Yeah. Twenty eight and six. I'll add another guy that probably I, I haven't really heard his name very much because I think that he somewhat gets overshadowed in a way because of the 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 players that he has on offense in front of him, and that's Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr right now, in 54 games played, has 21 goals. 65 points, and he's a plus 36. Plays 25 plus minutes a night. And, and for me, 
you know, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, the Austin Matthews and the Connor McDavid's and maybe even Dreisaitl, and you mentioned Alex Ovechkin to the Washington Capitals, you know, not all those guys like Austin Matthews averages 20 minutes and 34 seconds. And I listen, I mean, ungodly amount of goals. He has 43 goals in, in 54 games, 75 points. But who's more valuable to his team? A Kale McCarr that plays 25 plus minutes. That's a defenseman that has scored 21 goals and 65 points. He's only he's only 10 points behind Austin Matthews, one of the top players in the National Hockey League. So who is more valuable to his team? If you were to take Kale McCarr off of Colorado, would they be the number one team in the league still? Did that team really not take off until I mean they were good before they were good. We got there. Yeah. But they are at another stratosphere. Another level now since Kale Have you seen his his career statistics? 150 155 games he has 159 points. In his career he's been in the league for 3 years. He's played 35 playoff games. He has 31 points in the playoffs. It's even more mind-boggling is he looks like he's 14. He has literally this little baby face. I don't even think he can grow facial hair. He's just a wizard. He's a beautiful skater. He's like, you know, I was listening to uh, Jeff O'Neill um, uh, speaking on the broadcaster on one of the shows in Toronto and, and he was just, he's like, he's, he is a defenseman, but he's also like having a forward. It's like having a right winger on the ice. He, the, the kid he said that is, last night, didn't he? Yes. 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 I saw that panel. It was with and, listen, Poole and I mean, Dreger, uh, O'Neill and Duthie. And yeah. I remember he said, it, it's like having another elite winger on the ice with you. Yeah. It, it's to be able to have that, that hybrid type player that number one, Kale McCarr can skate so well that he defends exceptionally well. Okay. His skating is completely off the chart and he defends very well. He's a very strong defender, but when he gets the puck and he distributes the puck to the forwards, he is jumping into the play every single time. So it's like a four man attack all the time. Like he scored a goal. um, I think it was last night where he had a goal and two assists against um against New Jersey they were up 3 nothing Colorado was up 3 nothing Cal McCarr had a goal and two assists and they lost 5 to 3 New Jersey scored five unanswered goals to beat them so um but one of the the goals I think that was scored in that game was Cal McCarr right in front of the net like right in front of the net for a tap in so you know, how do you throw Connor McDavid? How do you throw Leon Dreisaitl? Like, could you imagine Leon Dreisaitl not being on the Edmonton Oilers, how that team would be? It's, it's interesting. It, it, I mean, that's, that's interesting. Like, we're talking about a Leon Dreisaitl that has 38 goals. 38. It's five less than, uh, than, than Austin Matthews. Can you give the Hart Trophy to 
Drysidle instead of McDavid. Can you actually do that? If Ed, like if Edmonton gets in the playoffs and they make all the criteria, because I think playoffs matter. Your team's in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're a Hart Trophy nominee. Like the year that Jack was, that team was so close to getting the playoffs on Jack Eichel's shoulders, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Then, you know, he should have been the Hart Trophy winner in the NHL that year. Without so want, question. Let me let me so let I'll I'll let you answer your own question. Can you pick Leon Dreisaitl over Connor McDavid? And I'm going to tell you, they're number one. They're tied for points in the National Hockey League. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you their points, and you tell me which one you would rather have. So the first one, 56 games, 29 goals, 79 points. He's plus 12. The other one is 57 games played, 38 goals. 79 points plus 14. Both of them have 31 power play points. Connor McDavid has 22 minutes and 26 seconds average ice time. Connor, uh, Leon Dreisaitl has 22 minutes and 55 seconds. So he plays about 30 seconds more on average a game than McDavid. Their, their statistics are almost identical. Identical. and They're like the Sedins, but only they're not related. Yeah. They're incredible. Both of them are incredible. But if you take one of those guys off the lineup, I think they're going to struggle. Um, just like if you were to take Austin Matthews off the Toronto Maple Leafs for an extended period of time, they're not going to have the 43 goals that he puts up and the, and the offense that he puts up. So you want me to answer my own question? Shoot. I know which one's which because I know that when I was looking at the goals last night, I know where I know where um Dreisaitl is. And I know that McDavid is, you know, is always a little heavier on the assist side of things than he is the goals. But yeah, I, I think he can. I think you absolutely can give uh, Dreisaitl the Hart Trophy because, I mean, doesn't he take a lot of the pressure off of Connor McDavid? I mean, you know, you take Dreisaitl out of the lineup and it's, you know, it's only the McDavid show. Where well, let me ask you. Like, every you night think- it's the McDavid show, but you also have Dreisaitl too. And, you know, and Dreisaitl's, you know, no slouch himself. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So yeah, I think I think you can give it to Drysaddle over McDavid. I wasn't sure, but I mean, I think I think you you probably could. Do you not agree, or do you agree with that? I would definitely do it. I think Leon Drysaddle is is a star, a superstar in his own right. I mean, I know that he's playing on 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 a on a team with arguably the face of the National Hockey League and Connor McDavid. Leon Drysaddle has produced not just this year or just last year, but he's produced for years and he is only getting better. I think his game is, you know, if like we talk about, for an example, Austin Matthews being a top five player in the national hockey league, Connor McDavid is a, is a top five player in the national hockey league. When we talk about others, who else is going to be in your top five? Like Nate McKinnon, I think Nate McKinnon has to be put 
in a top, if, if, if you're talking top five players in the National Hockey League, I would think Nate McKinnon would be in that category. Would you not agree? Yes. So right now you have Nate, you have Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nate McKinnon. There's your three. How do you not put Leon Dreisaitl in the top five players in the world? The last you number of to. years. You have he, to. So he's, he's a top five, right? Who would be your fifth? Austin, did you say Austin Matthews? I have Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, okay. Leon Dreisaitl, and Nate McKinnon as four of my top five. Tell me who is the fifth player to round out the five best players in the world right now. You're not going to like this because it's boring. But right now, he has 54 points in his last 39 games because he had a goal and an assist in his first seven games, and that was it. And that would be Sidney Crosby. I know he's older, but you can't ignore. And you know what? I might even go out on a limb and say, that's your Hart Trophy winner right there. No way. Well, that's because it's boring and the no league wants way. to. Okay, look at what he's doing. Look at what he's doing in the league. Look at what he's look at what he's done. Go look at his game logs. In his first seven games this year, he had a goal and an assist in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. He had a goal and an assist. He was he was minus four in his first seven games of the season. Since then, he has he has fifty four points in thirty nine games, and he's he's been he's plus seventeen since then. He's 34 years old. No Malkin. No Kessel. No Benino. No, none of those guys. None of them. Like Sidney Crosby is dominating at a ridiculous level. His last five games, he has eight points. I mean, what are we talking about here? He has he has points. So Sidney Crosby right now in 46 games. So Sidney Crosby has played probably about 13 games less than most most players in the league. Okay. 13 games less. He has 19 goals and 56 points plus 13. I know another guy that played 44 games. Okay. Two less games than Sidney Crosby. He has 26 goals, not 19, 26 goals. And he has 57 points and he's plus 23. And his name is what? Alexander Barkov. Yeah. He doesn't get enough respect. I know you love him. You've talked about him a lot. Because he plays both ends of the rink. When you're talking about killing penalties and like, I mean, in a, in a dire situation, you're going to have Andre Barkoff on the ice. He is an absolute stud. You're not going to have Austin Matthews on the ice. You're not going to have Connor McDavid on the ice. You're probably not even going to have Nate McKinnon on the ice. You might have Leon Dreisaitl. But I'm going to tell you this. You will have Alexander Barkoff on the ice. In a defensive situation, guess what? You're also going to have him on the ice in an offensive situation. He has 57 points. He's 20 points less, 20 points less than the 22 points less than the leading scorer in the league, but he's also played 15 less games. Leon Dreisidel, or, or sorry. Alexander Barkov, if he played a full season, the same amount of games as 
you know, Leon Dreisaitl in 13 games, could he have 20 points? I think he could. He'd be right up there in the top, top players in the league. And he's also one of the best defenders in the league. Let's talk about uh, Mike Harrington's tweet yesterday. It, uh, in his latest column for the Buffalo News Sports, um, he says, here's hoping Sabres fans don't boo former captain J- uh, Jack Eichel, but my sense is that will happen anyway. If you want to boo, you're really directing it at ownership for all that's gone wrong since Eichel was drafted in 2015. Jack Eichel returns here tomorrow night, so that you know this is Wednesday March 9th, Jack returns tomorrow, which is Wednesday, March t- or Thursday, March 10th. And, you know, there's a lot of, first of all, Hulu or ESPN plus. So fig- figure that one out. Way to, way to go and suck the entire Buffalo market who watches hockey on a nightly basis. You know, go look at the ratings and force them over to your new platform. Genius. But I'm not going to get into that right now. Do they boo him? I know this market. I remember when Miro Shatan came back with the Islanders, they booed him. JP Dumont came back with Nashville. They cheered him. Uh, Danny B came back. I believe they cheered him. You know, like these fans aren't stupid. I'm going to say that. That's the one thing I say that's on repeat. These fans are not stupid. They are aware of circumstances. And now more than ever with social media and things like that, these things are more on display and more uh, able to, to find comments or, you know, opinions. And, you know, there's enough out there for people to form their own opinion. So I don't know what to expect. Number one, I thought there would be more of a, of a crowd for the Sam Reinhardt game. Okay. And there wasn't. <laughs> you were at the game. By the way, did they do a tribute for Sam? They did a tribute. I wouldn't even call it a tribute. I think they acknowledged Sam um, a little bit and also acknowledging others that were on that team, like uh, Brandon Montour. He, uh, he was also on the Videotron, and uh, they kind of... So they blended it all together. They blended it all together. Was it a video, or was it just like their faces on the screen, or how did they do it? Um, I can't believe I didn't ask you this yesterday, but I'm yeah, glad I'm asking. I, I mean, it was by the time I kind of like was paying attention to it, uh, you know, Sam was on the bench. They, they uh, focused in on him, and, uh, you know, listen, I mean, love Sam or hate Sam. He gave everything he possibly could to the Buffalo Sabres. Do you think Sam Reinhart wanted to, to be in the situation that he was as a young man? at 19 years old coming into the National Hockey League and 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 trying to you know forge the right direction of an organization he had a lot of pressure on him tremendous amount of pressure on him just like Jack like for me right now anybody who who boos Jack Eichel I have absolutely no idea what they're thinking Jack Eichel gave everything he possibly could to this organization. It just got to the point that the lack of guidance in this organization, moving this team forward in the right direction, surrounding Jack with the proper players, the right players, 
did not happen. And at what point does a player break down? You have a very short career. Most players have short careers in this, in this league. And Jack Eichel gave six years of his life. And the team was no better in the sixth year than it was the year that he got drafted. So at what point in time does a player just say, I cannot do this anymore? I need a fresh start. And fresh starts in this league sometimes are absolutely you know, critical. So I don't blame Jack. I don't blame him at all. I blame the management that ran this team. They did not make the correct decisions. And it's very clear because we've been out of the playoffs for 10 years. And if anybody's to blame, it's been the management. You don't think Jack holds some of the blame? I don't think he owns, owns any of the blame. You know, like maybe his attitude in the room over the years of losing started to deteriorate and get worse. And I can understand it because I've seen it before with certain players that I played with. But I will tell you this, Jack is not a loser. He wants to win just like, just like every player in this league. Jack wants to win. And Jack played a lot of these games. Most of his games, he played and gave 100%. And many games, just two years ago, we were talking about him being a a Hart Trophy candidate. Remember that? Because you're looking around at his team and you're like, there's nothing on this team. There's nothing to support him. I don't think he deserves to be booed. I don't. It'll be very interesting. Do you think fans will go out and watch that game in particular? Do you think tomorrow night will be the highest attendance that they have? Everyone's aware that Jack Eichel's back in town. I mean, I already have plans for the game. Well, like, listen, you know what I, I mean? Will tell you I, this, I already that, have um, plans for where I'm going to be, what I'm doing, because that's a game I yeah. want to see. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, I, that's, that's one that was circled on the calendar. As soon as the trade was made, we knew that March 10th was the day that, you know, we, we knew he wouldn't be back in time for the Sabres in Vegas, right? Yeah. But this is a game that is scheduled, uh, was on the calendar that I, I've known this date for quite some time. Because of the magnitude of, this, of the, the storyline, the, you know, return of the franchise player that this team threw an entire season away for because he was a consolation prize. You finish dead last, you're automatically getting the second pick, you're automatically getting Jack Eichel. That was the mindset. Go get the best odds for McDavid. This organization has been paying for that ever since. Jack Eichel didn't deserve that kind of pressure. You know, that's why why when Edmonton got it, you know, it was kind of like, look, they didn't throw away their season, you know, for this player. You know, they finished, I think, third that year. They moved up a couple spots in in the lottery and you know, you know, it was what it was, you know, rigged or not, you know, you got the new Rogers contract coming in, you got Edmonton building a new rank and you know, how are they going to fill it? If you don't have McDavid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think there's some shady shit that went on there for sure. Absolutely. But you couldn't poof Buffalo out of the number two spot, you know, and you didn't throw away the season for Jack Eichel you threw away the season for the best odds at McDavid, knowing that Jack Eichel was your consolation prize, which, you know, you go back and watch him on the ice. You're going to be like, 
you know, that's a pretty damn good consolation prize. He's no McDavid, okay? But still a, a damn good player. Like, a, 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 you, know, I, you know, we don't, we, we are very careful about throwing around superstar. But Jack Eichel, like, think about this. Jack Eichel, when he played for Boston University at the age of 17, 17 in 40 games, had 26 goals and 70, 71 points plus 51. He was plus 51 that year. Plus 51, 71 points, 26 goals in 40 games as a 17 year old. Mind boggling. Might've been 18. You know, Jack he has, he has a later was birthday, an I think, but either way. Super stud. He was a he freshman. Was absolute stud. And it didn't work out here. And, and that happens. That happens. You know, what, what hurts with Jack. And I think it hurts for all of us is Jack was, Jack was the shining light. He was the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but when we got Jack, we had already missed the playoffs, I think for four years in a row, you know, you know, getting Jack Eichel or three years in a row, getting Jack Eichel was now we can build. Now we can build this. Can I tell you a story? So I remember Jack was in town for the uh, All-American Prospect game that year. Okay, so it was the 14-15 season because he was drafted in the summer of 15. So it was the 14-15 season, and I think they did it in September or October. I can't remember. But I was doing, I think still doing Hockey Hotline was the name of the show. Um, And... It was, we did it out of the rink. We were down at the rink. So I was down at the rink that morning and I, I, you know, I was relatively newly retired from hockey. So I still knew a lot of the players on the Sabres and I was down, always down in the hallway and stuff. And I was in the tunnel and I was down on, uh, on the Sabres bench for the morning skate for the prospects morning skate. Okay. And Drew Stafford came out and we were talking, he was standing beside me. Okay. This is what Drew Stafford said. Okay. <laughs> he said to me, he's like, oh, there's Eichel. I was like, I was like, yeah, he looks pretty good. Eh? He's like, that's the kid we're throwing the season away for. <laughs> I think the, I think the prospect game was like right around the start of the season. And I'm like, you really think that you guys are, are losing on purpose? He's like, Oh yeah, no. He's like, they don't want us to win this year. They don't want us to win this year. They want to get they want to get best odds of McDavid or you know, la, you know, you get Jack Eichel as the consolation prize. So Drew Stafford said to me, and he, I and you know what? And I think I was going on the air that day, and I was like, God, I wish I could use this. I wish I could have used it, right? But I'm not going to obviously sue or stab. He's a former teammate of mine, and that's trust gone out the window, right? So, you know, I never. I never said anything about it, but I've never even I've I've never even told that story, and I'll never forget it because I started to laugh. Like staff was laughing. I think it was the year Stafford got traded, maybe for Kane and Bogosian to Winnipeg. Like it was that year, I think. Yeah. So anyway, it might have been the next year. I I can't remember. My timeline might be all screwed up, but either way, I mean, it was just like I just couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe that even like a, a current player who has making a lot of money, who you know feels that that's the direction his team is going. And I was so against it that year. I was so against tanking. 
I was so against it. I'm like, the stench of this is not going to go away in two years with Jack Eichel. It's not going to go away in three years. It has now been seven years. Seven years since you threw away an entire season. And there were people actually rooting for a tank. They were rooting for a tank. I was. I was. And I'm, I, listen, I mean... You were because you didn't have any skin in the game. You didn't give a shit. That's why yes, you no, were. I, I absolutely gave a shit. What are you no, talking about? If you were about? a player, if you were a player. If I on, was a player, I'd be, I'd be furious. There you go. See, there you go. Because I wouldn't want to lose. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a real good loser. But at the same time, all depends like, on your age when you're when you're when you're dealing with teams like this like a lot of guys don't want to be on teams that lose because they know that they have short careers some guys have 2 year 5 years 7 years some guys are lucky enough to play 12 years in the league um but the average is very small the average is like you know what 3 4 5 years in in this league and then you're out and guys guys want to win guys don't want to be on teams that struggle that lose games that are looking towards the future that you know you're never going to be be a part of, right? But me as a as a fan, looking back at that time, to 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 get it in your head, you have to fail, you have to lose, in order to become good in this league. You look at you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Go back to before Sidney Crosby and Melkin and Jordan Stahl and, and Brooks Orpik and, and um, um, Marc-Andre Fleury. They were a horrendously bad team, somewhat bankrupt at the time. They were thinking of moving the team. It was, an, it was a terrible situation, but Marc-Andre Fleury, they picked as a goaltender, number one overall. Then they picked Sidney Crosby. Then they picked Evgeny Malkin. These were world-class, game-changing franchise players, and they've won three Stanley Cups because of them, right? You look at the Chicago Blackhawks. I remember standing on the blue line with Sheldon Surrey one night playing for the Montreal Canadiens, and we were listening to the anthem. And at the end of the anthem, we were still standing there looking at each other. And we were actually, after the anthem was over, people started to, all the boys started to skate around and stuff. And Sheldon and I are sitting there going, there's not 2,500 people in this building right now. That's how bad the Chicago Blackhawks were years ago. But they ended up picking number one overall, Patrick Kane, franchise changing. They picked... Um, Jonathan Taves, the year before that, third overall, if I'm not mistaken. These are game-changing players. Now, Chicago went out and they they started to surround those young players the Marion, with Marion Hosas, Patrick Sharps. You know, there was draft picks of Brett Seabrook and Duncan Keith, who were game-changing defense pairing that played 30 minutes a night. Drafting is where you're going to get yourself out of this. Not, not trading for big, 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 big trades. You have to draft. And my thought, and I'm, I know I'm long-winded here. It's fine. My thought back in the day 
was when we're picking second overall, we pick Sam Reinhardt. I was okay with that because he was considered a first overall pick, maybe a second overall pick. We got Jack Eichel, not Connor McDavid, but we got Jack. Jack Eichel's a stud. We picked guys that were fantastic hockey players. Can I ask you a question? How many years ago was it that I said to you, and it was before the Jack saga, before you know even the rumors that he asked for a trade out the year they went and brought in Stahl and Hall and all those guys. How many years before that did I say you need you should trade Jack Eichel? You remember that? We weren't allowed to say it on the show because we were we were you know working for the team at the time, so we couldn't actually go on and say that. Yeah. But I I said you should trade this kid, you should trade him for four or five pieces. You know, like keep O'Reilly. I back. You, you were you were actually seriously thinking about trading Jack after like year two, after a second year, year three. Yeah, 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 yep. You know, and and you know, if I had said that on 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 a live show, people would have thought I was absolutely crazy. I'm like, you're not, you're not winning alone with this kid, and you're not going to be able to bring in the free agents to surround him because no one's killing themselves to come to Buffalo to play with Jack Eichel. But, you know, it's like you trade him, you get four or five pieces or four pieces that are, you know, really good young pieces and they grow here. And, you know, all of a sudden it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, again, it's easier for me to say when you're, when you're a couch GM, but I mean, at the same time, I was dead serious. Like trade this guy, you know, but anyway, that's not the conversation we're having. It's about our, our fans going to boo him or not. And, and will he even get a uh, will he get a, a tribute? I've I've been told that he'll get a tribute, but it's not coming from the Sabers. From what I understand, and I'm not going to reveal my source, but all I know is that I was told that it's coming from uh, a foundation, a you know, to almost like make it hard to boo when he's you know, when he's up there, because I guess he did some good things here in town, you know, with some charitable foundations and things like that, that uh, somebody wants to recognize him for, for his time and effort that was quietly done behind the scenes, which is great, which is great. Um, I'm against the video tributes anyway. In fact, someone brought up a few years ago about when Pominville came back. And I remember this, I remember this vividly because he was, I, I was still doing the show down at the rink Pominville was traded and, you know, I didn't really know how I felt about that. I hadn't, I wasn't out of the game long enough or, or watching the game as a fan enough yet to, to kind of, you know, form an opinion. But at the time Pominville was coming back and there was a tribute video done for him. It was already done set in stone and Darcy Regeer found out about it and botched the whole thing was like, no, we're not doing it, blah, 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 blah. We're not, you know, and, and all this stuff. And I remember I was so pissed at that. I was so pissed at that, that, that he wouldn't, um, that Darcy wouldn't allow a, vo- uh, a video tribute for Jason Pominville, who had played, I think, maybe a, a thousand games near it for the Sabres, was the captain for the Sabres, class act maybe scored arguably you know one of the greatest most important goals in Sabres history you know the overtime goal against Ottawa one of RJ's greatest calls Mm -hmm. and he didn't get his video tribute and I was just like fuck you Darcy 
Like I hated Darcy Regeer leading up to that, but that was just icing on the cake. You know, that was just icing on the cake for me when it comes to Darcy Regeer, you know? Well, he and, didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want fans to remember. He yeah. moved him away, right? Moved him on. He didn't want fans to go back to the glory days of, of the time when Pominville was a captain of this team, a leader, an incredible, incredible human being, a human being in the, in the, um, In the public, in the public's eye, I mean, Jason Pominville is is an incredible person. Whether you're talking as a hockey player or just a person in general, he is an incredible young man. And I say young because he's he was young when I were there, but um, he's an incredible man. He was an incredible hockey player. Um, he gave everything he possibly could each and every single night that he played this game. And if you were to look at his body, you'd say, how the heck did this guy he the, play in the National He Hockey had the League? indented pecs. Yeah, he had no, he had no <laughs> upper body. It was like a skeleton. Just as, my, as my brother Jeff would say, he had shoulders like a brook trout. Fish don't <laughs> have shoulders, get it? There, there you go. I got gotcha. you. I hope, I hope uh, anybody who listens to this podcast, and hopefully they do before you go to that game tonight, you know. Tomorrow night. Jack's human, Jack's human and Jack gave everything he possibly could. And I understand, I understand, I understand the, the, uh, maybe some irritation from the Pagoulas, whether you like the Pagoulas or hate them, Pagoulas basically did everything they, they can for, for this team to a point where they were spending $10 million a year on a kid who had been hurt for two out of the three years that he, in his entry level deal and gave him $80 million to try and build something around Jack. And three years later, he's moved out. So I'm sure they're not happy campers, rightfully so. Um, but uh, Jack Eichel's human. He's a hockey player. He's in a better place. And uh, you know what? We're going to move forward uh, as an organization. We're pretty happy with the uh, point of game, Alex Tuck and the 20-year-old Peyton Krebs flying around in that first-round draft pick that we've got in our back pocket, and we'll see what happens in the future. That's the way I look at it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping for a sellout. I'm hoping that they go and sell out and go and watch. I think it would be, I think it'd be huge. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how all this plays out. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see if fans even give a shit anymore. Like, th- is that a telling tale at all? If they don't go and and they don't sell out this game, or they're not going to sell out the game, really? Fans are fans are uh, furious because I mean Alex Tuck, Cage Thompson, and Jeff Skinner play arguably what one every four shifts, and that's the only bloody line that you want to watch. So the rest is not worth the ticket price. I'll tell you this. If there is going to be a gift from God here today, he is going to drop Keegan Koslar on our lap, and he will not fly back to Vegas. He will be staying here in Buffalo, and he will be our fourth-line center. And uh, 
we will be extremely, extremely pleased with his type of and style of play. Fast, physical, and tough as nails. Uh, not sure that's in the recipe, uh, but we'll see. We'll see if that's that's something that changes around here. Because, I, I mean, of all the things that have been attempted and tried, that's the only one that hasn't been tried. Like to the extent of like actually, you know, not adding one guy and I'm not, you know, not adding just John yeah. Hayden. No offense to John Hayden. It's not. It's like just adding any one guy because one guy isn't enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? So be very interesting to see that. I don't I don't know what to expect from the fans when it comes to Jack. All I know is Jack's going to be fired up. Did you ever find out how much Sam had on the board against Buffalo the other night? I didn't. I asked you that I had I had one question for you to ask your cousin. And that was it. How much did Reinhardt put on the board? Did I tell you I got to uh, talk to uh, Joe Thornton too, Jumbo? No, you didn't. Oh yeah, he came out. He came out. He's just uh, my kids. My kids, because the last time Nate, my oldest one, the last time Nate saw Joe Thornton was at his birthday party. Jumbo came over with his wife at the time to my 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 Nate's birthday party. And he was taking pictures with... Uh, How many with years Nate. ago was this? Well, Nate would have been four. Does Nate remember that? Yeah. He does, eh? Yeah. So I'm Nate kidding. was Nate was uh, looking at Jumbo. And the funny thing is, when Nate left, when we all left, and Jumbo left, gave him a big hug, and, and Mackenzie, and they, they got on the bus, and, you know, Nate looks at me, he goes, Dad, he goes... Is, is Thornton always like that? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, he acts like he's a kid. He goes, isn't he like 40? I said, no, he's actually like 43, I think, or 44. And uh, he goes, he acts like a kid. I'm like, he loves this game more than life itself. He is the true teammate. He'll do anything for any one of us. And uh, he just acts like a big kid. He loves it. And he, he's going to love every minute of it until he's finished this, uh, this wonderful game. But uh, he says, Dad, I think I could hang out with him. I said, yeah, you probably could. Because you know you're, you're probably more mature than he is. He, uh, is he hurt? Uh, I didn't even ask. He didn't like, play. But I, I'm looking at their lineup. Well, he I wasn't mean, scratched. He wasn't scratched. He might Bohansen maybe he is injured. Um, I know he hasn't played a ton of games this year, Thornton. I'm gonna look him up right now. Are you looking him up too? No, I'm trying to see how much Reinhardt had on the board. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he's only played 24 games this year. Oh my God! Look at his picture in Florida this year. He looks super weathered, man. Oh my god! I told him to cha- uh, shave his beard. I'm oh like, my god! He looks like Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Yeah. He just gave me the old oh, bud. I just got it trimmed, bud. Oh my god! No. All He's, right. Uh, He's a beauty. He is he is an absolute beauty. I enjoyed every single solitary minute playing with Joe and he hasn't changed one bit. Haven't seen him in uh in probably 10 years since I since Well, didn't I he come to the him. Harbor Center with Pavelski with you one day? Or he showed up at a practice <laughs> rink or something they were in town? 
Well, I was actually with, uh, with uh, the Buffalo Regals at the time, hockey uh, organization, and Jumbo, uh, Joe Thornton, and Mark uh, Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Joe pa- <laughs> I, I've got so many things going on in my, uh, my mind right now. Joe Pavelski showed up, um, and the other one was Nathan Gerby. And they showed up. Uh, Pavelski and Thornton showed up at the rink, um, watch practice. Okay. Went into the dressing room after practice with the young guys. They're, they're only about, uh, probably nine years old at the time. And, uh, Joe Thornton, who is literally one of the best, he was, he was leading the league in points, um, came in and, uh, you know, the kids were just, they, they were they could not believe it that these guys were, they were seeing them in person because they were larger than life. And, uh, it was pretty awesome. Kids, uh, still remember it, uh, to this day. Um, I remember, uh, Nathan Gerby came out to one of my practices. I think he came on the ice with, with my team. Okay. And I had to stay there a little bit longer. So he Gerby ended up driving my oldest son, Nate home in his car. And, uh, Nate still talks about that today. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Must pay, pay off to be the life of an NHL legend like yourself. Yeah. Legend. Well, all right. Good stuff. Was there anything that you wanted to talk about today? Cause no. you know, you, you always come fully locked. No, I think we covered it. I think we covered it. You know, no, it's going to be interesting. And I think that this is going to be looked at probably, uh, certainly moving into next week but the trade deadline you know the 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 thought process of what the sabers are going to do moving forward with this group and obviously everybody would think that you know a team that's in uh fourth last in the national hockey league would be sellers and and i think the thought that needs to and this is just my opinion. The thought is that, yes, we are going to sell, but I think that we need to be buyers also. We need to be buyers with players that have term on contract that um, that we feel that we can surround these young players with to strengthen these guys. And I know that uh, Elliot Freeman last week spoke about Owen Power possibly coming to play with the Sabres near the end of the year. And there has been talk about trying to find him a defense partner, whether it's at this deadline or whether it's going to be throughout the summer. And that's exciting. That's exciting to me because it's about moving the needle forward. I can't stand being a team in the bottom five of the league, and it feels like it's been like that for six, seven, eight years now. There's got to be a point in time when we break away from this and those young guys that we continue to talk about, this development part, we need guys to make some strides, to take some strides. But you also need to surround these players with some veteran leadership, guys that have been in the league Um you know, maybe not 35-year-old guys, but guys that have been in the league that care 
and that are looking to support this young and talented group. So, so we'll you know, talk we'll, about that next week, I think. No, no, I, I think I, I want to know some players tomorrow. I want to know some players tomorrow from you. I want to know who, who you're thinking, and, and uh, that gives the Sabres enough time to listen. And then, <laughs> and then go and try and try and do it because they seem to do everything that we tell them to do, just really delayed. Oh my god, yeah, yeah they're <laughs> listening to the podcast for sure. <laughs> Hopefully, they are. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.